0: Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned in to another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started... Um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if you all are familiar or not with Prize platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a hundred percent instant match deposit of up to a hundred dollars. So you deposit a hundred dollars, you get a hundred back. Let's say you deposit fifty, you get fifty back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys: you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections more or less, um, you get up to twenty-five percent or twenty-five times. Money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28 and a half points, LeBron over seven and a half rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86 and a half rush yards. And let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on and on and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR anything you could possibly want it is on there i promise guys prize picks is available in your state download the app to check and make sure it's in your state once again use code tp3bets it takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit it's easy withdraw easy deposit once again use code tp3bets if you want to sign up for prize picks Guys, our second sponsor for today's podcast is Alloy Sports. Look, I know a lot of y'all have listened to our podcast for a long time, but y'all are probably wondering by now where I get my stats and trends from. Well, if you want to build winning systems and use trends and stats like I do, download the Alloy Sports app. The the link is in my bio on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TP3Bets. Go click on it, download it, guys. I promise, guys, it will help you guys bet like a pro. If y'all want to use the same trends and everything I do, download it now. Alloy Sports, once again, that's A-L-L-O-Y. S-P-O-R-T-S Alloy Sports. Y'all go download it and give them a listen. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penley, coming to you on Thursday, December 15th, 2022. I am joined by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people, man?
1: Oof wrapping up college football bowl season coming up it's kind of a tearjerker
0: yeah guys it's pretty sad i mean everything you know as always has kind of you know come full circle man it's bowl season at this point in time we got a but we're gonna have bowl games kicking off tomorrow at 11 a.m it's gonna be awesome and then we got nfl on saturday and nfl on sunday bowls all day saturday as well i mean ben what more can you ask for how much yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Now the only thing you can ask for is teams not players not opting out. That's about it. I'll be it.
1: at Bama Bama Gonzaga basketball on Saturday afternoon, so I might miss some bowl games.
0: Damn, dude, you're not gonna know anything about college. <laughs> you're missing <laughs> nothing, bro. All these teams are sitting all their players out. Anyway, though, guys, before we get going, since it's our first podcast and only podcast of this week, we're gonna do some observations, and then I have at least three bull picks for you guys, and then we all I have also three NFL picks for you guys. So let's do this thing, Ben.
1: First one was Mike Leach. Obviously, that happened Monday of this week, but mm-hmm. a uh, a gigantic loss for college football. Someone who uh, is is credited to uh, bringing the air raid offense kind of back BYU kind of ran it like in the Steve Young days. But, um, you know, Mike Leach's coaching tree is, I think better than people even ever like look, looked it up or no, it's Sonny Dykes, Lincoln Riley, um, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Dave Aranda, uh, the list goes on. So, you know, major, major loss for, for college football. Um, he was authentic. He was himself, and he was hilarious at all times. So I, you know, he could be controversial, but it, he had some fun teams to watch in college football. Whether it was the Texas Tech years with Graham Harrell or, or Crabtree, then we moved on to Washington State. Where every quarterback he had, the next guy just kept breaking the next record.
0: Yeah, you know, we got
1: he's, you know, him and Gardner Minshew started Minshew Mania at, uh, at Washington State, then at Mississippi State just for a couple of years. So. Um, you know, big loss, sad, sad loss for the college football world.
0: Yeah, man, very sad loss. I probably should have shouted that out to get things started rather than the small talk. But yeah, guys, definitely is very sad to see Mike Leach. Pass away and honestly so suddenly one of the best interviews he always had something funny to say he was a huge pirate fan it's actually crazy one of the podcasts I listened to the guy was saying he's like I had Mike Leach on an interview and he's like honestly I felt like I kind of treated him like a jerk off was just like asking him like dumb questions like fans were like throwing I forget what he said but fans were throwing something on the field and he asked him if you picked it up to make a taco out of it and he said <laughs> once they got done with the interview he said that Mike Leach said to him, he goes, he goes, uh, how long have you been doing this, man? And I was like a year and a half. And he said, Mike Leach was like, keep it up, kid. That was honestly some of the best questions I've been asked. Most people just ask me straight football X and O's questions, but you actually asked me some funny, like real life stuff. And he's like, I really appreciate that. So Mike Leach, hell of a guy, RIP, a legend. And you know, as they say, man, legends never die.
1: The the two craziest stories or coolest stories that um, I mm-hmm. saw was, there was a he he went up to a, a player on his team and he said, like, you're you're just not gonna play much. Like you're not gonna make it. This and that. You're just you know, you're just not good enough, but you should get into coaching. You should come be a graduate assistant. The the player at the time like stormed off, and the next day he went back in to accept the graduate assistant job under Mike Leach. That player was Lincoln Riley. Think about the coach that Lincoln Riley has become. He's coached some of the best quarterbacks we've had in the last couple of years of college football, like without Mike Leach, there might not be genius offensive guy, Lincoln Riley. So mm-hmm. that was one story. Another one is uh, there was media members and they, they weren't part of the media member. They were just students, um, you know, doing a podcast and, and trying to talk about Mississippi state football and Mike Leach noticed them and brought them to a practice and gave them some pointers. And uh, apparently Mike Leach like helped this one kid, or help both of these kids like get into the industry to chase their dreams. And it's not something he had to do. And it's something he chose to do. One of them is now a photographer for, I think an NFL team. And then the other one just got a big time media job. I forget where I was at, but just the selflessness that he chose, um, you know, to portray Mm -hmm. one time is just, just a a great guy. Um, It was very funny. So anyway, we can move on. Um, Do the 49ers chances of winning a Super Bowl? How much do they decrease with Brock Purdy, if at all? Because he looked good in week one. Now he's got Thursday night in Seattle.
0: Hmm, that's a good question, Ben. I think, I mean, Jimmy G is a game manager. Jimmy G definitely is a little smarter than Brock Purdy is and probably a better passer, but Brock Purdy can make some plays with his legs that can kind of change the game a little bit. So I'm going to say the decrease 10%, but I still like him to come out of the NFC.
1: So they have a good chance because they're a good overall team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a it's a team that wins solely based off of their quarterback. I think bringing in McCaffrey looks even better now. Once they get because Debo is going to be out for a while, right?
0: Yeah, Debo is going to be out for four to six weeks with a sprained ankle.
1: So if they can kind of float and tread water uh, from where they are right now, they're in good position now. I think once Debo comes back, then Purdy, if he's still playing at that point, then uh, they can be just fine. Yeah, Watson, I'm with as in- As in Deshaun Watson, he has looked very bad in his first two starts. Does it turn around this season? Can you chalk it up too well? He doesn't have the chemistry with the guys because he couldn't practice? Or is he bad?
0: I think Deshaun will turn it around at some point in the time this season. I mean, think about it. Like you said, he has no chemistry with these guys. He hasn't been able to practice. He hasn't played a football game basically in two years. It's pretty tough just to go. I mean, nobody can go out there and do it. The fact that he's gone out there, been able to do what he's been able to done just shows you how good of a player he is. I think if anybody in the league is going to figure it out, it's going to be Deshaun Watson. This guy's one of the five most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion.
1: They are favored at home this week um, to the Ravens. So we'll, we'll see if he can look a little bit better. Dolphins and Chargers. Uh, for this podcast, it was basically Tua versus Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert won that battle, no doubt about it. Um, it's back to back weeks where Tua has really struggled. His QBR is way down, his offensive efficiency is way down, and he now has to go to Buffalo this week, and I don't think it's going to get much better.
0: The um, question
1: is it, it, the question's not Tua versus Justin, even though it was fun to play that game. Are the Dolphins sliding if they lose at the bills are you officially worried about the dolphins
0: no because i saw tat today too has never played in a football game at less than 36 degrees it's supposed to be nine inches of snow during this game It's going to fall down um tough conditions look this is what i think's happened to miami i think that Tua hasn't had time to throw, which has hurt him, but also too, you know, you kind of could see by the way some of the plays played out that they're running a lot of timing routes. And so their timing routes are off a little bit. But on top of all of that, I think that what has happened to Miami kind of is what that ha- we saw happen to like Kansas City and to other teams, you know, like the, Miami has no threat of running the football. Kansas City have no threat of running the football. They throw the ball over teams. I didn't really see like any quick passing game or anything like that out of Miami. I just saw them trying to stand back there and throw the ball down the field to Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddell. They got to adjust. They didn't adjust for two weeks in a row. I mean, Brandon Staley, I mean, he's he's cooked that defense up a thousand times against Kansas City, and the Chargers usually play Kansas City down to the last possession. I saw nothing different from that on Sunday.
1: Yeah, apparently the Dolphins had heaters on their sidelines in Los Angeles last week because it was like 60-something degrees. Really, that's that's what someone reported. Yeah,
0: yeah. I guess that stadium, that stadium is considered a pavilion, so like it it's covered, but it still lets outside wind in, and that's crazy though. I didn't even know that. Trevor Lawrence,
1: boys, he transformed under one year under Doug Peterson. I, this is someone like I can't wait to watch him next year. Now, he's next year, he's still a good wide receiver, whether you and I like him or not. Calvin really is going to be playing for this team. That's another good receiver go, and Christian Kirk, like, listen, everyone hated the contract. Christian Kirk's having a great year for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say I saw this coming, but I kind of I said Doug Peterson could get the most out of Trevor Lawrence. This is what he does with quarterbacks. This is what he, this is who he is as a coach. He's a quarterbacks coach, an offensive coach. The Jags having a pretty solid year now. Their loss to the Lions last week was, I mean, losing that much to the Lions is bad. But Doug Peters and Trevor Lawrence look to be in sync, getting uh, better week by week. I think they're going to have a really good year next year.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I think that – I think Doug Peterson has not only established a run game to go along with Trevor Lawrence, but he puts him in situations just to succeed, you know, like with Nick Foles, with Carson Wentz, they ground and pounded the football and they had a good offensive line. I think he's kind of initiated the same thing here in Jacksonville. And I mean, even when you look at his game plan, it's not like he's really, in some of the games that I watched them play, it's not like he was calling offenses, you know, where they're just sitting the quarterback out to dry back in the pocket and dropping back to pass. 50 times in a game you know they're putting they're setting up quick throws like they're setting up quick easy reads to put the quarterback in the best situations to succeed and i think he's done a good job of doing that for trevor lawrence and building his confidence up
1: the vikings are who, who we thought they were
0: yeah the vikings i might bring it up here a little bit later ben the vikings have actually given up the most yards of any team in the nfl right now and the lions isn't their
1: point differential like third worst in the league for a team with a winning record or second worst or something? No, they're, they're the only worst? team in
0: the league, I believe, with a winning record that has a negative point differential. It's minus one.
1: Mm. The Lions offensive coordinator is not getting enough credit. By the way, Jared Goff has been special these last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, um, I, I watched this entire game, and, like, the schemes that he uses to get players like St. Brown, to get Chark, to get his receivers open, I feel like people don't talk enough about those schemes, even the running backs. It feels like he knows where his mismatch is, and he puts guys in motion and gets them out in space early. I mean, this Lions offense has been absolutely cooking.
1: So we've talked about this before, how teams in all kinds of sports somehow get better when they lose their best player. They got rid of TJ Hawkinson, and their offense is absolutely rolling since then.
0: Yeah, um, I just think that – I feel like that they underutilized Hawkinson in that offense, so they just went ahead and cut their losses and got a draft pick, and I think it worked out best for both parties because he's playing much better since he's gone to the Vikings.
1: In the wild, wild NFC South, Thomas says the Panthers are surging at the right time.
0: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, the Panthers – look, this is the team I picked to make the playoffs before the season started. Looks like a fool. Now all of a sudden they're sitting here one game back. I mean, they the Bengals are playing the uh, are playing the Bucks this week. Um, the Bucks are three nine and one against the spread, and the Bucks just look. I mean, they have no offensive line. They got absolutely massacred in that game on Sunday. Sunday. And on top of that, I mean, the Steelers probably gonna re. I saw Mason Rudolph was taking snaps with the first team today. Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth didn't practice. That means both those guys will probably be out. I feel like that this setting up perfectly for the Panthers to get another W here for the Bucks to take an L. I mean, the Falcons and saints play each other, obviously, but Falcons and Panthers still have to play each other. Again, the Panthers also have an undefeated record inside the division. I just feel like the Panthers have them in dead. And I mean, this defense is pretty damn good. Honestly, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad defensive unit at all. I mean, Steve Wilkes is doing a good job with the team. It feels like they got rid of Robbie Anderson. They got rid of all the old coaches that weren't doing anything right. They got rid of Baker Mayfield. They got rid of all their distractions, and now look at them. I mean, this division's terrible. It feels like nobody wants to win it. The Panthers are still very much alive, if not the most alive team out of all of them.
1: I've already talked about this, but there were some hot teams to start the season. Dolphins, Vikings, uh, Falcons, Seahawks. Uh, they're regressing big time now. This is just what happens. You this is why it's a 17-game season. We see mm-hmm. this in baseball all the time. People, the first two months, teams are great. You know, all-star team, or by the all-star game, you might be pretty good in baseball, and then you show who you really are. That's why it's a grind baseball. It's 17 weeks in the NFL. The first four weeks, they mean they mean something, but they don't mean everything.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you completely, Ben. It feels like everybody's who started out hot has finally come back down to earth. And, I mean, you can play stretches where you play against bad teams and whatnot. And, I mean, also, too, kind of it's like when expectations change for these teams, injuries happen, you know, like, like I let's be honest. I mean, we kind of called it before the season started. We just – I don't think we had enough balls to make some of the gutsy predictions, but, I mean, who saw teams like the Seahawks coming out of nowhere, you know, like – Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, this is just this is the, way, the way it goes, you know. Like, you're going to win some games because you play against overrated opponents, and then once you get that big hype, can you really play up to it anymore?
1: You think Hurts is peaking right now?
0: So, I didn't – quite word this correctly but i'm kind of pissed because so i bet jalen hurts to win the mvp before the season started um plus two plus uh two thousand odds and i'm kind of pissed though because i feel like he's peaking too soon as the mvp favorite you know it feels like the guy who goes in the last week or two of the season is the You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like I always think back to that year when we thought Tua just had the Heisman Trophy, like, wrapped, and then all of a sudden Kyler Murray comes out of nowhere and wins the Heisman Trophy because Tua gets a little banged up and plays a couple bad games. It kind of feels the same way, you know, with NFL MVP. It's all about, like, I mean, there was that one year when they were saying Russell Wilson during the COVID year, you know, like they said it was wrapped, like, six weeks into the season. Then Russell Wilson played like shit, and then opened the door wide open. Aaron Rodgers came out of nowhere and won, you know. It just feels like for Jalen Hurts that it's too soon for him to peak.
1: Kyle Shanahan, he is a king. He is your king. He is our king.
0: I mean, Kyle Shanahan, I want him so badly to get the Super Bowl, man, because he deserves the respect on his name. Like, this guy is an animal when it comes to coaching. I mean, how is he winning with Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy (laughs) in there? I mean, you just give him a lot. He's got
1: a lot around him.
0: He does, but, I mean, he's scheming and everything. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Put some respect on his name.
1: The Bengals—they're starting in the right time, and they're doing it just like last year. Here comes Joey B and the boys.
0: Yeah, Joe Burrow over the last two seasons is the most profitable quarterback when it comes to betting against the spread. And you know, it's you- since he's been drafted, since he pretty much missed
1: his rookie year, which was three years ago
0: hmm and I mean, Joe Burrow just wins, guys, and his Bengals team just wins. I mean, they keep playing a team with a winning record after winning record after winning record, and they keep winning every single week. It just feels like the Bengals, you know, they started out the season lackluster, and look at them. Now they're putting everything together.
1: What have I been saying? When the light shine the brightest, Joe Burrow plays the best. Um, the Cardinals, they extended everyone. Kyler Murray, Kingsbury, the GM. The GM is now taking a leave of absence from the team due to health issues, so... Obviously, we hope he gets better. The season might be killing him with the amount of money he's paying Kingsbury and Kyler and his team can't win. What how would you describe the state of the Arizona Cardinals going into next year, this year, like their short-term future? You think you think they're a good franchise?
0: No, I think they're kind of screwed, honestly. Like you don't yeah. want to completely start a rebuild, but at the same time, like they kind of so have let to Let me ask own- you this.
1: Out of these three, how many of them make it to the end of their contract?
0: Um, I've actually heard on a podcast today rumors saying the GM is probably done and he won't be back with the team, so that's one. Um, I was shocked to, be, to still see Cliff Kingsbury being the head coach after the season over, so that's two. And, you know, I think Kyler Murray could still stick it out. I still believe in Kyler Murray. What about you? I
1: don't think any of them are.
0: I would say you're probably right. Yeah, but I'm, I think, I'm just a Kyler think, guy, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: I mean, I think Kyler's there next year for sure, but his, his contract's like another six years, five years. So um mm-hmm. so this is interesting. This will be quick. Who grabs the last playoff spot? The Jets, the Patriots, or the Chargers? I'm gonna tell you their final games left. Okay. Okay. The Jets. They're seven all the all three of these teams are seven and six. The Jets play at home against the Lions, at home against the Jags, at the Seahawks, at the Dolphins. None of those games are considered that easy. The Chargers have a get home against the Titans at the Colts, home against the Rams at the Broncos. None of those games are particularly hard. The Patriots at the Raiders, home against the Bengals, home against the Dolphins, at the Bills. Three out of those four are difficult, but. The easy answer is the Chargers. Your answer is going to be the Chargers. I know because I know you. But <laughs> the Chargers have a way of charging meaning they play games that aren't supposed to be that close, and they play them mm-hmm. close. And close games in the NFL can can come down to anything. So is it the easy answer that the Chargers?
0: Ben, so I got numbers or back two out of, up here. Do two
1: of those three? Do two out of those three make it?
0: I could see the Dolphins falling out of the playoff race. I'm scared a little bit with what I've seen, but I don't want to have too much recency bias here. The Patriots have a 41% chance, according to PFF, 39% chance for the Jets and 47 for the Chargers. But There's I'm going the Chargers, man. They're getting healthy at the right time. We got Bosa coming back. We got Sebastian Joseph Day coming back. Um, we just I feel like they got everybody coming back at the right time. Give me the Bolts. I would say the Bolts
1: um, as well. Well, that's it for observations. Um, up to you. we going on to records and picks? let's do it? This will be quick. We didn't have college football. so uh last week you went three and one in the NFL, bringing your total to 21 and 13. I went one and three in the NFL, bringing my total to 22 16. overall of the podcast 91, 77 and two pushes. We've been just over that 50 percent mark the
0: entire season. Hey, that's all you can ask for, man. Fifty over fifty percent for some free picks. Can't complain about that, Ben. It is time. Let's take things now to the Bulls. We got Bulls kicking off on Friday. You got any picks for these Friday games?
1: Um, that's a great question because I have I have picks for Bull games, but I forgot when they played. Um, Friday, I don't believe I do.
0: Okay, no, two of them, right? Yeah, there's only two. I probably will end up playing something in one of these games. I'm probably gonna make a play on that tomorrow. Nothing really stood out to me that much today, but I'm the, I'm the, actually I'm hundred percent sure I'm gonna play something out on that. So check me out on Instagram, Twitter at TP Three Bets. Um, let's keep it rolling though into Saturday. Yeah. I'll start us off. I got to play at 11 a.m. Ben's gonna be on his way over to Birmingham, but I'm gonna be sitting on the couch watching the Wasabi. It's now the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, played in the Red Sox Park. Um, this game is gonna be cold. It's gonna be windy. The total in this game is 40. Louisville is minus two now, hosting Cincinnati. You already know what I'm doing here, man. Give me the Cardinals. Look, Cincinnati poached Louisville's coach Scott Satterfield, but the team hated Scott Satterfield. So, what's the best way to stick it to your old coach that left you? By beating the team he's going to be the coach of next year. Both these teams are going to be missing hella players. Neither quarterback's going to be playing. I do know one thing, though. Cincinnati looks god-awful against UCF without quarterback Ben Bryant. Um, and not against UCF. Against um, Tulane without quarterback Ben Bryant. Louisville's got some dogs on the defensive side of the ball. Ben and I remember that from the buzzsaw victory they handed to Wake Forest. I think this defense gets up to play here. I think it's going to be tough. Louisville's quarterbacks have had a little bit of a chance to play in the past. Um, I can't remember his first name, but his last name's Conley. He's played a good bit of games, actually. Even though both teams got guys in the portal, somebody's got to win. Give me the Cardinals on the money line, minus 120 to win this game.
1: Going Fresno State, minus three and a half. Uh, They're playing Washington State. I think this. You might talk about this pick as well. Give me a. Are you are you talking about this game? Give me a thumbs up. Yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll leave some for you, but uh, Fresno State Jake Hayner's playing. He beat me in the Mountain West Championship when I took uh, Boys to State. Jake Hayner looked good in his comeback for the Bulldogs here. Um, so many people sitting out for Washington State, and uh, Fresno is definitely the play. Minus three and a half. I'll let you finish it
0: off. Yeah, so the, a lot of things that led me on this game, Washington State, both their offense, their offensive and defensive coordinator are gone. Their top three linebackers are gone, and their top two wide receivers, like Ben said, Jake Hayner's out here playing. I don't think a guy who's going to go to the NFL that's a senior that has no more eligibility left is going to play in a meaningless bowl game unless he wants to get the dub. Give me Fresno State also, too. Last year, bowl games were the spread moved by three and a half or more points. Those moves, this one moved from Fresno State catching three and a half to them now being minus three and a half. Those line moves, Ben, last year, if you still bet them at the latest, at the last possible moments, you still went 12 and four, which is pretty damn good. So I don't think that's any of your thing to be scared of here. If anything, I think that's more of a reason to back the Bulldogs to get it done for us.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to take Duke money line. Duke is... Playing UCF. Uh, UCF has some people sitting out. John. When Reese is Plumlee. this game? It's the twenty eighth.
0: Oh wow! So that one's a while away then.
1: A while away. I've already taken it. Okay. Um. I believe John. I believe I was reading that John Reese Plumley's out. Uh. UCF has some people sitting out. Mm-hmm. This game also went from Duke being an underdog to Duke being favored. Yep. I just decided just to lay the money line. Um, I think it was like minus 135, so not like too juiced at all. Uh, I took Duke money
0: line already. Yeah, I'll probably end up getting there. I haven't looked at bowl games yet that are that far ahead. Um, by the way, that was the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl that would be at 330 on uh, ABC on Saturday for the Washington State Fresno State. I'm going to take another bowl game, and I'm going to go. We got a little Rice-Southern Miss action here in the Lending Tree Bowl. This is one that you might call a, a gin and ugly game. Look, Rice is on their fourth string quarterback at this point. Southern Miss is one of the best defenses in college football. I wouldn't think that would matter if they were playing a real program. They're placing a fourth string quarterback here. A lot of guys are transferring out. I think this circle the wagon spot at Southern Miss gets it done here. Minus six and a half. Give it to me. Um,
1: well, all my other college games are for, are like on the 28th. So we can wait to give those for sure.
0: Yeah, we can for sure. Um, Real quick, actually, well, let's go ahead and move over. to. I do have one – I'll have one more pick for Saturday uh, college football, but you're going to have to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TP3Bets to get that one. Um, who knows? I might even have more plays. There's a lot of bowl games. you got Florida and Oregon State. I don't have a pick for that one yet, or SMU-BYU. I don't know if I'll end up playing those two, but we do have some Florida NFL. Playing
1: a, is Florida playing a scholarship quarterback in that game?
0: That's a good question. I'm not sure. I know he's the third string. So I'm not 100% he sure probably on that is. one. He probably is yeah he probably is um let's move though to the nfl we do have nfl saturday games ben do you have a play for any of the nfl saturday games Ooh, i i don't okay well good news guys i for sure have one i'll i'll tease my second pick after i give away my first one i actually haven't taken it yet i kind of want to see if we can get a little more value back and i want to check out the wind in this game because it has to do with part of my handicap but I'm taking the Colts plus the four. Look, the Colts plus the four at the Vikings. Y'all might say, I hate the Vikings. I promise y'all, I don't hate the Vikings. I just think this is a fraudulent team. The Colts are off a of buy here. Matt Ryan, when he's off a of buy, is nine and five ATS when it's late in the season, AKA, this is late in the season. Kirk Cousins also two and eight against the spread when teams have extra time to prep for him. Let's keep going here, though, guys. Look, the public perception, in my opinion, is down on the Colts after back-to-back losses in prime time. The Vikings have a negative one-point differential, yet they're 9-3 and on the season. On top of that, guys, the Vikings have allowed the most yards in the NFL, but they're fourth in turnover differential. The Colts are last in turnover differential. So that's, I mean, Colts can't keep being that unlucky. The Vikings can't keep getting that lucky. On top of that, Indianapolis is allowing the fewest explosive pass plays and defensive lineman Quiddy pay missed over a month of time. He came back against Dallas. And I mean, look, I know they got their ass whooped against Dallas, but it was 19 to 21 going in the fourth quarter. Then literally the biggest, like, I don't even know how to put in words what happened in that fourth quarter. They got outscored 33 to zero, basically just because of turnovers. It was a, it was an anomaly. I'll back the Colts here. Plus the four. I honestly think they win this game outright.
1: All right. Colts plus four. It is, uh, I'm going to go Cowboys and Jags over 47 and a half. I don't know how this total is not in the fifties, to be honest with you. can bounce bass, bounce back off a bad offensive week. Cowboys have been scoring all over teams. Um, just, I, I don't know. I just saw this and I was like, this is a gut pick over 47 and a half. I, I seriously thought that when I saw the matchup, I was like, that's mm-hmm. gotta be 51 and a half 47 and a half. Um, like I said, Cowboys' offense is rolling. Zeke and Pollard are playing outstanding football. Literally all of their wide receivers are balling out. It doesn't matter who Dak throws it to. They're all making uh-huh. uh, nice catches, nice separation. And then the Jags, I believe in this Jags' offense. Uh so i go over 47 and a half.
0: Okay. I do like that pick. I didn't play anything in that game. This is not an official yet, guys. I just don't know if I want to play at this number yet, but I wanted to go ahead and give this information real quick for um the – for the 4:30 uh, game on Saturday, which is between the Browns who are hosting the Ravens, so first of all, this game is expected to have wind over 10 miles per hour. Those there's a 60 plus percent trend that goes back historically for a long time. Let me see if I can find the specific trend. Games played with 10 plus mile per hour wind, 89 and 58 to the under. That's 65 and a half percent. On top of that outdoor divisional unders are twenty nine fourteen and one sixty seven point four percent and they're sixty five or that's for um this season outdoor divisional unders then on top of that um they're sixty five forty two and one sixty point seven percent over the past two seasons so that's outdoor divisional unders guys
1: i got uh I definitely got one of those on oh my card, outdoor divisional unders. I'll go right to it.
0: Okay.
1: How about Giants and Commanders under 40 and a half? That's an outdoor divisional under, bless you. Um, okay. Well, I'll take your outdoor divisional stat. Like I said, under 40 and a half Giants commanders. The commanders have gone under in like nine out of their last like 12 games. The Giants have gone under quite a bit this uh, this year as well, mm-hmm. especially with all their uh, you know, banged up injuries on their team. The unders are eight, four and one in commanders games this year as well. Ooh,
0: I like I definitely like that pick, Ben. I mean, Taylor Heineke and Daniel Jones, those aren't exactly Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, you know. So run
1: the football.
0: <laughs> exactly. Run, run, run. Um, I got two big bets. These are my two best bets of the week for football. First one right here. I'm doing it, guys. I'm going to the Jets versus the Lions. This game's gonna be played in New York. I'm playing the minus one here with the Jets. Look, just go look at the Lions schedule, guys. They're not they have not only have they not played in away game in over a month, but they're not really beating anybody that great. I mean, we've talked about how fraudulent the NFC is. This is what they've done. They beat the Vikings. Just called them frauds. They beat the Jags, Jags or whatever. They did lose the Bills at home. They beat the Giants. They beat the Bears. They beat the Packers. Now they lost to the lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Cowboys. Got 29 to nothing by the Patriots. They lost to the Seahawks. They did lose to the Vikings once. So this is a so the, uh, actually that doesn't even matter. That was already a revenge game last week. But regardless, this defense is terrible. This defense is giving up the most points in the NFL and they rank in the bottom part of the NFL in almost everything. Um The look-ahead line also, guys, doesn't really make any sense. The look-ahead line in this game was the Jets minus three. Now it's all the way down to minus one. I mean, what's really changed? They beat the fraud Vikings, and then when you look at the Jets on the flip side of things here, guys, what did the Jets do? They lost to the Bills and still covered the spread. I don't really see how that calls for a two-point adjustment. Look-ahead Jets max play minus one. Beautiful.
1: Uh, Last one here for me. I'm going to another under. Three totals this week. Uh, I'm going Cardinals and Broncos under 36 and a half. Now, listen, I know it's a low total. I said this last week. The low total hit last week by like two points. It hit a a hit to hit. Guess what? The Broncos are 11 and two on the under this year. 11 and two on the under this year, folks. They can't move the football. I'd love to see film on Russell Wilson in practice. Can he move the football in practice? Because I doubt it because the Broncos defense is unbelievable. You get a combination of an unbelievable defense with an offense that can barely get a first down. And I'm taking the under for the rest of the season on the Broncos. Just put it on my card in the loop.
0: Yeah. I, I like it, Ben. You know, you got to play your spots, man. Ben saw his spot and he pounced on it for me. Final bet for me, man. I'm the chargers guy. I'm doing it. Chargers minus three hosting the Titans. Look, Titans defense is literally missing everyone. They're missing. basically missing their entire secondary and a lot of the backups. They're 28. They're first in the NFL against the run, but they're 28th against the pass. Chargers are back, man. Like I said earlier, they're getting everybody back. They got Bosa back Joseph day. They got Bryce Callahan back in the secondary Derwin James is back as well as he didn't even play last week. On top of that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are back as well. Um, Tennessee's run games really regressed and Derrick Henry is also regressing. He didn't even have a broken tackle last week, which is absolutely insane. And this team's on a three game losing streak for a reason. It's because they beat up on bad teams. Um, I'll pull up their schedule as I'm talking here, but the Titans are not faring well at all guys. And they're playing against winning teams. This, season the titans are zero three straight up on the road versus teams with the record of, of 500 and under mike vrabel they're only 10 and 7 ats in that exact same spot which is not great so when you look at it they got smacked by the bills 41 to 7 then they beat the raiders when the raiders sucked they beat the colts the colts are not good i mean okay the commanders solid team they beat they beat the colts again they beat the texans they lost the chiefs in a competitive game then they beat the Broncos. They beat the Packers. Now they've lost three times in a row. The next three legit teams that they played, they played the Bengals and the Eagles. They did lose to the Jags, but not only do they lose that game, they got absolutely dominated. I think this Titans team is on the other way trending down. And they just play in a bad division and beat up on bad football teams. The chargers, man, are surging at the right time. Give me the chargers.
1: Yeah, but I can't say anything bad about the chargers until they let me.
0: I hope they don't let you this week Ben they can let you next week not this week when I got money on them
1: (laughs) that's all I got in the NFL that's
0: all I got as well in the NFL guys Um, I'll recap I can recap real quick for everyone yeah give us the rundown Uh,
1: Thomas in college football Louisville minus two Fresno State minus three and a half Southern Miss minus six and a half Uh, myself I'm also on Fresno State minus three and a half Thomas in the NFL Colts plus four Jets minus one Chargers minus three did I miss one
0: um, You said Chargers, Jets, and Colts, Colts right? That's all I got yeah. for NFL.
1: I'm on Cowboys and Jags over 47.5, Cardinals and Broncos under 36.5, and Giants and Commanders under 40.5.
0: Thank you. I like it, guys. Hey, if you tail us, let's get this money. Um, Please play responsibly, and we appreciate everyone who tuned in. We'll be back next week with some more bowl games, with some more football. We got it all coming, so we appreciate everyone who tuned in. We'll talk to you all soon.